Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. It is Friday, and you know what that means. I'm coming at you with an episode with my man, Kevin Randall. You know him at the captain 37 on Instagram. I'm still coming down from that divisional round. Congratulations to you Chiefs, Bengals, 49ers, and Rams fans out there getting geared up, getting that spread ready. Maybe you're going to the game. Maybe you're thinking about sports cards. Who knows? We're talking about football cards on this episode. Yes, sir, we are. No better guy to do it than my man, the captain 37. We also have something fun while we're talking about football cards on this episode. I'm giving away some basketball cards. How are you doing? I want to say thank you, courtesy of my friends at Panini. I'm giving a hobby box to a loyal listener of the Stacking Slabs podcast. It is a hobby box of Panini Mosaic 2021. It's got John Morant on the front. He's having a hell of a season. This is how you win. What you do is go to your Instagram and post your favorite Panini basketball card in your PC, post it to your page, post it to your story, do whatever you got to do, but make sure you tag at Stacking Slabs, at Panini America, hashtag SSP giveaway. Make sure you're following Stacking Slabs. If you're not following Stacking Slabs, you're disqualified. Don't be that person. Post your favorite Panini basketball card in your PC, at Stacking Slabs, at Panini America, hashtag SSP giveaway a week from Friday. I will announce the winner. You'll know. Can't wait to see your cards. You know I'm going to repost those. Let's freaking go and let's kick into the conversation. What is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. It is, I'm football is still very much on my mind as it always is, but how could it not after? The wacky weekend we just came off of and we're entering the ship. The football card market's been insane. Usually when I want to talk football cards with somebody, I bring on my man, Kevin. You know him as the captain 37 on IG. Kevin, we were about at this place around the same time last year. We're back again. Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Really appreciate having me on. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. So we're both like, we're trying to make it through this. We're both dealing with spectrum internet issues. God bless anyone out there that uses spectrum as an internet service provider. I'm in the office. Kevin's internet's a little spice. We're trying to make it through this. (laughs) So Kevin, let's start here. We got to talk about last week. And I think I'm willing to go on record of saying maybe just the best weekend of football of all time. People are excited. Instagram is full of people sharing their cards. People are still talking about those games. I'm not even, people aren't even previewing the games ahead. I think more of the conversations about what happened. What was your take on the wacky divisional round we just came off of? Yeah, man, I, I concur. I think that was the greatest weekend of football of all time. I mean, to have all four games come down to the wire, it just, the excitement was just, you know, unbelievable. You know, I mean, different, different games. Right. Very different game. Saturday was more the defensive, you know, battle in the trenches, you know, a lot of sacks, a lot of, a lot of play, a lot of yardage left in the field and scoring. And then Sunday was just all hell broke loose with offenses, you know, which I mean, as a 
as a Brady and Mahomes guy myself, I, I was very happy the way those games played out in terms of the offensive production. Obviously, I'm still looking my wounds after the Brady loss. We can talk about that, you know, if we talk about that game. But uh, it was just an unbelievable weekend. I was actually at a buddy's house Saturday. Um, he, he bought a house and he had his housewoman. And we had about 15 guys over there, you know, um, hanging out, gambling, um, having some drinks, playing some shuffleboard, watching the games. And it was just, it was awesome. Those games, I mean, as close as they were, they kind of really sucked at times. But still, it was just the, the buzz in the room, we were so pumped to be there watching football. You know, this time of the year, it's just unbelievable. So it was, uh, if you're a football fan, you got everything you wanted and more this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, and I want to get on, get into some of those games and player specific and the implications in the the market. But maybe we start here. We've been talking football cards since I've known you. That's pretty much all we've talked about, and it's what we both like to collect. It's the market we both like to operate in, and it felt like so desolate. I, I would say for a while when you had basketball just invading my Instagram feed. It felt like I needed to go find people that were as passionate about football as, as I was. And I found you along with some other people, Manning group and the rest is history. But now it seems like everywhere you turn, people are into football cards. I looked at the data, uh, you know, card letters index has the football card market up 174% from this point last year, which is completely ridiculous growth is an understatement. Like I know, I know you're looking at it regularly. Like what's been your perspective over on this rise in just the market in general over the last year? Yeah. It's just, I, you know, I've always, I just wonder what took so long, (laughs) you know, football is by far the most popular American sport. I mean, look at the ratings and things like that. You know, the chiefs bill, it seems like the ratings rise every year. Like the chiefs bills game was the most watched divisional playoff game in the history of, of like NFL. You know, so I mean, the, the popularity of football, you know, I, it, it's funny because I'm, I'm a high school basketball coach. Many people know that. Um, and like all my kids were talking about at practice with the football games. Right. So I think there's something to be said about that. Right. So we're smacking the basketball season and, you know, they're all locked in watching football. So um, that doesn't happen, you know, during the NBA finals and things like that. So, you know, whereas NBA, I, I, you know, they have the global thing and I get that, but um, it's it's finally here, you know, football. Um, that the popularity of watching the sport is carried over to the market, which is great to see. Do you think that, and I think we talked about this this time last year, but we speculated that, and this is probably, probably wasn't the only reason, there was a multitude of things compounding over time, but like we, we both were speculating that the, the Brady-Mahomes Super Bowl was probably the best thing that could ever happen to football cards. How impactful... Although, you know, there was COVID going on, the stadium wasn't full, the game was kind of shitty. But how impactful do you think the buildup in that match was to just like where we're at right now? Oh, I mean, it was incredible. First off, I mean, you say the best thing that could happen in the market. It was sure it's all the best thing that could happen to me personally. So I'll I'll be a little selfish there. So um, unfortunately, won't get my wish of a rematch, you know, this year. Um, But man, that that was, you know, you, you look at what those, what their cards did leading up to that Super Bowl, specifically Mahomes. I mean, his cards went up 40, 50% leading into that game. Um, obviously, the game didn't work out the way he wanted it to and the way his collectors wanted it to. But um, the buildup going to that game was like nothing I've ever seen before, before the Super Bowl. So, you know, you had the whole, all the narratives of could be Brady's last game. Is this a pass on the torch moment? You know, will he solidify his status as the GOAT against the guy who people say could be the GOAT, which I still think we'll see today. We could talk about that. Um, but the, the buildup was unbelievable. So, um, you look at the potential matchups. And well, first of all, I mean, the matchups in the divisional playoffs are awesome, right? I mean, 
You got the Rams 49ers, which, you know, the Niners making the Super Bowl wouldn't be the, the sexiest thing for the market. You know, you don't see a ton of Jimmy G collections out there. It would help revive his market a little bit, I'm sure. Um, I got a couple of buddies who are sitting on a lot of Jimmy G stuff. We're really hoping that happens. Um, and I find myself rooting for him um, anyway. He's, he just seems like a good dude, you know, and, and, you know, a guy who's always got a raw deal. He's had nothing but success there, and they're still drafting a quarterback to replace him, right? Um, but you look at that matchup, I mean, for the 49ers, 7-0 in the last seven against the Rams, you know, had to, had to beat the Rams to make the playoffs. Um, you know, a lot of intrigue there. You know, Stafford finally gets over the hump, you know, takes down Brady and the Bucs, you know, on the road. There's a lot of intrigue in that matchup. You know, you look on the other side, I mean, Bengals KC played early in the season. The Bengals beat him, right? Like that was, that was Burrow's career moment so far, right? And now he has a chance to do it again. It's going to be on the road. It's going to be much different. Um, and obviously, you look at Mahomes. I mean, four straight AFC championships hosting. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, and before we start talking about players, how about Andy Reid, right? I mean, you look at him, he has now taken two separate franchises to four straight conference championships, the Eagles and the Chiefs. You want to talk about impressive. I mean, you know, maybe that's a conversation for another day in terms of ranking all-time greatest coaches, but he's got to be entering the top 10. I do my best thinking in the shower sometimes. And for whatever reason, I was thinking about football coaches in the shower um, and thinking about just like, yep. <laughs> yeah, a little weird where you would, where I would rank them. And in my head, I like Andy Reed came up, which is kind of fucking weird. Anyways, like I'm thinking about Andy Reed in the shower, but here's the deal. It's like this guy for what you just said, two teams, four conference championships in a row, but it just doesn't seem like when we're talking about like the greatest coaches, uh, whether it's from a historical perspective or from a, a modern day perspective, it doesn't seem like this guy's ever brought up. Like what, what do you think the reason for that is? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, you got to win the big one. Right. I mean, which he wasn't able to do with the Eagles. I go back to a guy like Jim Kelly, right? Like how tough is it to make four straight Super Bowls and how impressive is that? But he didn't win one. So he doesn't get the recognition. You know, that's just what it comes down to me from a coaching standpoint. You know, I know how difficult it is to win you know, and, and win the big one. So I have so much respect for coaches who are able to get there, you know, or get close to there, right? Consistently on a consistent basis, right? Winning consistently is the toughest thing to do across all sports. You know, never mind the NFL, especially in a year like this, you know, all the COVID stuff happening the past couple of years, the parity in the league. You know, we were just talking before we came on about, um, you know, how even the league was this year, a team like Jacksonville, right? Had so much to say about what happened with the playoffs, right? Their couple wins impacted the playoffs so much, you know, Beating Buffalo, this game was in KC because of that loss. You know, taking down a team I won't mention because I don't want to <laughs> off in the in the broadcast. Um, but it's just amazing how everything was so even across the board this year. And you know, the Chiefs had their moment, their month where they struggled, but you know, Reed still found a way to get things together and, and get them in the spot. So um, what the guy's done is, is beyond impressive. He's got a great offensive mind, and you know, he, he's he's always got the most out of his guys. It's just it's in terms of winning the big one, it's not easy. Right. I mean, you know, look at some of the matchups he got put up against. I mean, different story now, like he's expected to win this weekend. Right. Like if you look at it right now, I mean, I haven't checked the Vegas odds in the 14 left, but I would definitely think the Chiefs are favorites with the Super Bowl. So now it's like, all right, it's amazing how the, the script could flip. Right. If he, it, you know, now we're talking about how impressive he is and what he's done. If he doesn't win the Super Bowl, now people are going to say, well, he just can't win the big one. That's it. Right. That's just, you know, the pressure a head coach faces in any sport. You know, it's just, it's remarkable. We're going to definitely by the end of this get to the Super Bowl prediction because I got to hear what's on your mind. But let's let's move over to uh, the goat. Let's move over to Brady. Before we get into the the loss, 
Brady's market this year has been just unlike anything I, I had seen. I think it was back to the like people finally being like, you know what, like we've got the goat over here and his prices are X, like it's time to buy. And those things shot up tremendously. You're a Brady guy. You have a ton of Brady. You set up his shows. You deal Brady. Um, maybe you just share some perspective and experience from like, like the dealer side where you set up a bunch of shows. Like, what's the demand been like for Brady this year? Like, what sort of things are people looking at? What kind of questions are you getting? I'd love to hear some about that. Yeah. So um, it's been a very interesting year in terms of the Brady market. You know, first off, he's he's a guy everybody wants. So I, you know, I never have an issue moving his cards at shows, but. There's been ebbs and flows with what people want in his market. So, um, you know, back in the day, two or three years ago, all everybody wanted was rookie cards, right? That was what everybody had to have. So, like, you know, I've always been a big believer in trying to go in a different direction and find value elsewhere. That's when I stocked up in the shiny stuff. And then, you know, after last year's Super Bowl, for whatever reason, like after the first couple of months, you know, the rookie stuff started a little stagnant and everybody wanted the shiny stuff. And that stuff skyrocketed. Like you had gold refractors that were five, six hundred bucks now going for five, six K, you know? So there was like a, probably a six month period where the focus was really shiny stuff, you know? Um, now I've seen the focus flip to um, rookies are definitely back up for sure. You know, people looking for those, but right now it's autos and game use patches. I'm seeing a super high demand for. So, you know, if you really look at Brady's autos and when what on-card autos and on-card game use patch autos he has, there's not a ton of stuff out there. And I think, you know, people who really look into the Brady market and have been around for a while know that. So I think they've been trying to stock up on those for a while, but now that type of stuff has gone absolutely through the roof, like the flawless on-card auto stuff and, and, and national treasures on-card auto stuff and things like that. It's gone insane. And then the game used patches, you know, I was able to pick up um, some nice game used patches. It's funny because, you know, I will come to shows and they'd say, well, you don't have any uh, patches where I'm like, I used to have patches all the time. It's just, they always sell, you know, the first, one of the first times I set up at the national, I was set up with MC sports cards and I had a whole showcase worth of patches. And by the time I left, so I set up with uh, with Mike um, a few years back. I think it was my second time setting up at the National. And um, at a whole showcase, again, used patches. And by the end of the showcase, the end of the show, they were gone. And I sold every one, you know, because it's stuff that people don't see a lot. You know, the whole idea of, you know, having something that Brady actually wore in a game, it's, it's cool, right? So I pick up a lot of cards and I post almost everything I pick up. I don't recall getting as many DMs on Brady stuff that I picked up than the game used patch stuff I picked up recently. People wanted to buy it, wanted prices, stuff like that. So... Um, the other funny thing is, you know, my little guy, uh, Grayson, he's, he's four turning five on Valentine's day. He's big into Pokemon now, Pokemon cards collecting, you know, I'm trying to get him into, Hey, put some of your cool cards and top loaders. And now I got him using some magnetics and some of the shiny cards and trying to explain to him, you know, protecting stuff and things like that. So, you know, I get a package in the mail and he's curious about what's in there. So, you know, I'll show him like a Brady shiny card I got and try to explain it to him or a rookie card and auto. But when I showed him the patch lot that I just got in. He found it so cool that Tom Brady wore this in a game. You know, I was trying to explain to my buddy, it's like if somebody cut up your T-ball jersey and put it in a car when you wore it in a game, you thought it was so cool, you know? So a little sidebar there, but I, I just find it funny, the ebbs and flows of his market and the demand of what people have wanted, you know, over the past year. So I'm very much of the mindset that all Brady's a good Brady, but, you know, right now there definitely seems to be a focus of people wanting game use patch stuff and auto and on-card auto stuff for sure. I love the story there. Maybe like on, just on another one on the Brady cards uh, market, like what are, you mentioned 2014 flawless. What are some other um, uh, like specific Brady cards that 
you have observed, whether you own, whether you've sold and that have just seen just a uh, tremendous demand this year and, and for good reason. Yeah. Well, I think last year at this time we were on the show and you asked me a question about, you know, what are Brady's marquee non-rookie cards? And I had mentioned the 2012 Prism Silver and the 2002 Tops Grown Black Refractor. And those have seen insane gains over the past year. So, you know, I'm fortunate to have both of them. Um, but, you know, those have seen big, big gains. The 2014 Flawless Patch Auto, huge. Um, his 2004 Ultimate on-card auto stuff, which isn't much of it, but that's seen monster gains as well. I did have one of those back in the day, but I'll put that on the um, sold too early list. So, but yeah, that's, you know, those cards have seen major, major gains. Obviously, his gold refractors, those have cooled a little bit recently um, and rightfully so, I think. But overall, you know, th- those are some of the marquee ones that have seen huge gains besides some of his rookie stuff. His rookie stuff has done solid all along, but, you know, those are some of the marquee ones. And it just amazes me, man. Like I get more DMs asking me what's going to happen in Brady's market after he loses than after he wins. And that's just, I think that's just the state of like society, like just so worried about the negative and oh my God, what's going to happen. It's like, you know, I was talking to somebody this morning and I'm like, you know, he's like, oh my God, he's like, this is, this is brutal. I've had a couple of Brady cards up for sale. Now people offer me half what I, I'm like, dude, just, I'm like, that's how you hit the block button on Instagram, right? Like did, did his loss to the Rams eliminate seven Super Bowls that he won, right? Um, it just amazes me that like, you know, it just goes to show you how reactionary the market is. Right. How can you be reactionary with that guy? Right. It's just, it's amazing. It's so, you know, I'm, I am going to be curious to see what happens, you know, over the next couple months with his market. I would not be shocked if there was a little dip. Um, but at the same time, you know, market's all about supply and demand, wherever it is. Right. So, you know, what sometimes what happens is like, all right, Burrow just won. Let's say he beats Mahomes and goes to the Super Bowl. Right. His stuff should go through the roof, but will it? Because eBay is going to be flooded with his shit if that happens, right? So I could almost see the opposite happening with Brady. He lost. Should there be a dip? I get it, right? I could see 10 to 15% dip, right? But the smart people with the good Brady stuff probably aren't going to want to sell it, right? Which means the supply isn't going to be out there, all right? So there may not be this you know, dip that people talk about. Will there? I mean, I think there will be a little bit. Right? I'm a Brady guy. I, I think it would make sense, right? Um, but you know, with that being said, you know, a lot of times people expect, oh my God, this young quarterback just won this huge game and stuff should go through the roof, right? Well, everybody has that mindset and they're putting it all on eBay and the, the supply is just overwhelming, right? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens market-wise um, because it, it seems like every year these new quarterbacks come out, they're, you know, the amount of cards they have doubled from the previous year, right? With the, with the old quarterback class, right? So there's so many borrow cards out there in existence. There's so many Herbert cards out there in existence. I'm just curious to see what happens if he's able to pull off, you know, I wouldn't say the unthinkable, but off a serious upset. I think any long-term collector or holder Brady kind of had that has that perspective of like, yeah, we we would have loved to see him win his eighth, but by him losing, like we're not losing sleep over it. Um, because probably most of Brady holders are playing the long game with Brady cards. Yeah. Maybe like share some perspective on like your position with what you have, because it seems like what rises to the top is always that um, reactionary mindset where it's like Brady lost. So I'm going to offer you half of what you have on that 2012 prism because he lost when in all reality, um, the person who owns the card, unless they're desperate and in need of money likely will be, we will be holding it. So maybe like 
share some perspective on like the position you have with the cards you own, like you maybe personally or just in general, because I, I think this is a topic that doesn't get discussed enough. Yeah. So, I mean, put it this way. I, I mean, after his loss, I, I spent a significant amount of money on a Tom Brady a lot. I have no fear with his market. So I, I want to put that out there um, right away. Probably a little more cautious with what I'm buying um, over the next month, month and a half to kind of see where things go. Um, but, you know, it's not going to change me at all. I mean, I'm going to the same stuff I have packed in my showcase to go to shows, going to go out to shows. I always break out some better stuff that hasn't usually seen the light of day for the national. I plan on doing that as well. Um, I, I really can't imagine, you know, it getting to a point where I'm like, all right, his stuff is so low. I'm not selling anything. You know, I, I just can't see that happening. What I really, you know, I also think a big factor is how he lost. That was an incredible game and an incredible comeback. You know, he literally almost pulled it off again, almost pulled off a Falcons-like comeback. You know, um, I think he showed this year that he's still, you know, very much a top five quarterback, you know, if not top three. And I think, you know, my whole Brady chat was still arguing number one in the league, right? But put up MVP type numbers, you know, so I, I think he shows he can still play for sure. You know, and man, you know, I, I don't, I'm not one to make excuses, but I'm not sure I've seen a team get smacked with the injury bug as much as the Bucks did right before the playoffs. You know, they had issues on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, not all injury related. We talk about Antonio Brown, but I want to give him too much time here. But, you know, the, the two injuries that were just a killer for Brady, you know, Godwin, just terrible injury. You look at Brady and, how, and why he's been so successful. He's always had that, you know, over the middle underneath guy like an Edelman, like a Welker, you know, in his offensive system. And that was Godwin. And Godwin was, you know, much more athletic and could do different things than Welker Edelman could. So it was like, it was a different type of underneath guy that Brady had. And when he lost him, you know, you could just see it in their offense, you know, a lot more three and outs, you know, they weren't getting those four or five yard gains on first down that, that Godwin was there for. And then the other huge injury for them, and you want to talk about worst case scenario going up against the best arguably defensive line in the league, the Rams, losing Tristan worse, right? You know, losing him, you know, you lose your, your top tackle, you know, in that game and you could see it early. Like Brady was, Brady looked like Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year, running for his life. He had no time to throw and talk about a guy who gets the ball off quick anyway. The fact that he had no time to throw in that game, you know, and then you plug a guy like Tyler Johnson in where Godwin was and, you know, he just wasn't able to make the catches. Him and Brady weren't on the same page. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of balls were behind Johnson where Brady probably thought he was going one way and Johnson wanted to go another way. Right. So that type of stuff just it set up a recipe for disaster going into the playoffs. You know, I was very happy they got the Eagles in the first round because the Eagles are terrible. I <laughs> thought they were, you know, them and the Steelers, they were the seven seeds for a reason. Definitely the worst playoff teams. But I I didn't talk much about it in my Brady chat, but I did not think they were going to beat the Rams. Um, I actually put some money on the Rams in that game, um, almost like a bet hedge. Um, but I really just didn't think they were going to win that game. But obviously was praying I was wrong. But just the way things were shaping up, the, the it was almost like the Chiefs last year, right? And, you know, we had a similar conversation before the Super Bowl. I, I thought the Chiefs were going to beat the Bucs, but I said that all, if their O-line isn't healthy, it's a game changer. You know, if there's one position you want healthy, going to the playoffs beside your quarterback, obviously it's your offensive line, right? You, you look, you know, those, those games are one of the trenches and, and the Rams won that game in the trenches. They almost blew it, but it wasn't for Todd Bowles and his wonderful blitz all play man to man on the best receiver in the league. You know, man, what a, what a heartbreaking way to go out. You know, as a coach, you almost feel like I'd rather lose that game by 30 than lose like that. Right. Because just like, you know, you came so close, but as a Brady collector and investor, it's like, all right, he just almost pulled it off again. Right. And clearly he showed that under any circumstances, this guy can still play. So I hope he comes back and gives it one more run. Some of the quotes that have come out of the media with him over the past couple of days kind of make it sound 50-50 at best. Clearly, 
he can still play in this league at a high level, but can't blame the guy if he's just done with the grind, you know, and if you watch the documentary, you, you see how much family means to him and spending time with his kids and things like that. And, you know, the sacrifices you got to make to be a professional athlete, you know, regardless of the money and stuff. I mean, I'm a high school basketball coach and it's killing me right now, being away from my family and things like that. My, you know, my, my son turning five, he now understands that daddy's not around as much anymore. It, it, it's a little tough for him right now. So I can't imagine being a professional athlete, you know, like Brady traveling all the time, being away from your family, the toll that that takes. So we'll see what he does. I, I, I hope he comes back, but you know, if he walks away, he's, he's clearly done enough. He's clearly the goat and I would clearly understand this decision. So it'll be interesting. Well said. And I totally agree. Um, I said this in a team meeting at work where we were talking about the football games. And I said, I feel like I've been so victimized by Brady as a Colts fan over the years that now I'm like sad that he's not playing anymore. And so I hope he comes back. I want to see more Tom Brady. I want to enjoy the the Tom Brady football card market with him playing, still just watching it because it's it's damn fun. And you're you're feeling right now, this is what people are going to be saying in 10 years about Mahomes, right? Because there's so much Mahomes hate right now. Like even in our, our Colts chat, our, our, our Peyton Manning chat, right? People are like, oh, I'm so sick of Mahomes. But like, there's so much hate for this guy already. He's been in the league for four years. It's like the more successful somebody is, the more people hate him. They don't realize they should appreciate it until the end. And I was the same way with Brady. I, I hated him. It is guts, right? I hated the Patriots. I was a diehard Peyton Manning fan, Raiders fan, right? So, you know, I, I just, the, the, the hate toward Mahomes, man, it's just, it, it amazes me, you know? We'll get to, we'll get to Mahomes because I want to give him his, his time. But you mentioned uh, winning in the trenches and couldn't agree more. And with that being said, it seems like the clock might be, ticking or it's been ticking and it might be expiring for what is going on with Cincinnati and that offensive line where I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback get completely destroyed so much in such an important game, but will his team to win and just that burrow pass and winning time to Jamar chase was a wonderful thing. I'm a believer. I think a lot of people are believers. I haven't heard any negativity towards Joe Burrow. And I think based on what he's done, second season, two wins, um, he's validated some of these, this early speculation. Do, what are your, like, what have you seen? What do you like from Joe Burrow? And then maybe like, let's get into like the card stuff on if like you as someone who's buying quarterbacks might be interested in a guy like Burrow at this point. So first off to go to his line, right? So it's, we had, we actually had a great conversation over the poker table about this um, on Saturday, watching the game. I actually think those sacks were a lot of issues schematically with their offensive pass patterns. You know, if you look, there were some real weird situations where it's like third and six and you, you, you look at, they're setting up an empty personnel first off, which no running back in the back. So, I mean, you know, when your line's struggling to begin with, setting up five wide isn't the best idea. All right. And then on top of that, all their routes are 10 plus yards downfield. There were, I can think of three specific instances during that game when he got sacked on a third and short, and all their routes are 10 yards downfield. And it made no sense to me. So I think their O line is kind of like the scapegoat in that, but I actually think there's other issues there for Cincy. Um, but that's kind of beside the point. But Barrow, I mean, he's he's got the alpha male status, the moxie, right? So he he's, you know, the cigar smoking, the, you know, he's just he's he's got he's got the look of a stud and a star in the league. You know, and um, the funny thing is, you know, 
he didn't get hurt, I mean, since he was in a lot of games last year before he went down, they probably shouldn't have been in. But you could see it early with this kid that he was going to be something special. And, you know, man, what, what, what he's done is just incredible. I also think he had a pretty good path to success in the playoffs. You know, um, obviously I'm a diehard Raiders fan, but the Raiders are actually a pretty solid matchup for them the first round. You know, um, I don't think many people were fearing the Raiders going into the playoffs. You know, I actually said in that game, Whoever won that game, I thought was going to go to the AFC Championship. So I, I, I had Chiefs Bengals in the AFC Championship. I whiffed on the other side. I thought the Packers right in box. So I'm completely wrong on the other side. But AFC I nailed. But just because I, I didn't like Tennessee, I'm not a huge Tannehill guy. You know how was Derrick Henry going to be? You know coming off the injury, still having a steel plate in his freaking foot. You know playing in the cold, right? So, um, you know I, I think Burrow has everything to be a star. Now in terms of his cards, you know are his prices realized? I don't know. I mean, if he loses his game, I wouldn't say it's back to square one, but you, you got to win to keep your card prices relevant, right? So, um, you know, I, I, I'll be very curious to see what happens both ways. If he wins or if he loses, what's going to happen to his market, you know? Um, but man, I, he's put it this way. If, if he's a guy right now, if somebody walks up to my showcase at a show and says, hey, I got some borrows for sale, you're interested, I'm interested. I'll look <laughs> at the cards and I'll take a look for sure, you know? So, um, and still even, you know, even Herbert, right. I mean, Herbert's got some work to do now. I mean, you know, he, uh, right now it's burrows way over him mm-hmm. in my mind. You know, I know Herbert was rookie of the year and things like that, but you know, borrow got hurt, probably could have been rookie of the year right with him. You know, if he stayed healthy and now he's got the playoff wins to back it up. So, but man, is the AFC in good hands. And a guy I want to mention, because I said that I thought that he needed to make the Super Bowl in order for his prices to be realized. But Josh Allen, the two games, although he lost, I mean, it didn't seem like anyone really lost. Fans, Mahomes, yeah, Allen took the L. But, I mean, the two performances he put on were, were two of the best quarterback performances I think I've seen in the last 10 years. Uh, I think his, um, his, his gold vinyl sold for 200-plus after yeah. the, the, the loss. Like, Although he lost and although he didn't make it to the AFC championship like he did the year before, like what do you think the 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 market's confident confidence is in Josh Allen at this point? Yeah, put it this way. If I was sitting on Josh Allen suffering, I have a couple of cards of him because I do I do like him, right? Just the way he plays concerns me injury-wise. I mean, man, he, he takes a beating, but he seems to be able to hold it up with with his size and his strength. But I wouldn't be concerned at all if I had Josh Allen stuff right now. How could you be, right? So I mean. And let's not let's not forget one of those games that he did that in was against Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time. You know, one of the greatest defensive minds of all time. So the fact that he, you know, put a spanking on the Patriots and Bill Belichick, you know, that game, and then you know goes into Casey and did what he did against his, you know, that's like you know the Brady Peyton rivalry over the next ten years, right? You know, and right now it seems like Allen's Peyton. Right, it took Peyton a little while to get it done against Brady, right? But I mean, I wouldn't have any fear of, of sitting on Josh Allen stuff right now. So. Obviously, if you're sitting on his stuff, you want him to win, right? But at the same time, man, if you're going to lose, man, at least he put on a show for you. You know what I mean? Like, that was absolutely incredible. So, you know, he's a guy who's clearly taken his game to the next level. Um, he's just going to have to find a way to beat Mahomes, right? It was, it was the same thing for us, man, with Peyton. We dealt with it for years. It's like we know he's, you know, arguably the best quarterback in the league, but he's, he can't get over the hump, all right, against this one team, you know? So it's going to be interesting to see what Buffalo can do to try to get over that hump and get him over that hump. So it's going to be some fun battles for years to come. That's for sure with those two. One of my favorite, and we're moving over to the, the 
conversation of the guy we should spend some time on. One of my favorite quotes, we'll bring back Andy Reid, is his quote when he said, when, when things are grim, be the grim reaper or something like the that. Most, and Mike, the most badass quote of all time. <laughs> like, if I was Mahomes and he said that to me, I would just say, yes, sir. We are now going to win. Like, that was awesome. Like, just yeah. unbelievable. You know? And, like, as a coach, like, you know sometimes when you say something that really is badass or, like, hits home with the kids or the, or the players, right? And, like, man, that, that's, that's awesome. That is, that is so cool. Definitely. I think when, whenever in life, whenever someone is in all walks of life, professional, uh, people you know, friends, Whenever someone is ultra successful and continues to elevate and move up, no matter what, like they're going to get haters. And I think Mahomes has those haters. For me, like I'm a fan of football and what he's doing on the field right now is are things I've never seen before. And the way he's winning is unbelievable. I don't know, man, like you had intuition after kind of, his uh, first Super Bowl where you're like, yeah, I better get on the train before it passes me by. Maybe talk about like this journey. Um, he lost Super Bowl last year now. So it feels like something special with uh, Mahomes, a little bit of a roller coaster of a season. Um, now after last week, uh, just what's your perspective of just like his market uh, on the field play? Like what's to come? Just like break down what's happening with Mahomes. Yeah, so um, I went to the national this year saying to myself I wanted to cash out of, you know, maybe 30, 40% of my Mahomes collection, you know, because profit margins were big. I thought it was smart at that point. I thought there was a lot of risk with him, you know, at that point where his market was. Um, and I did that the national. I was pumped with that. So I wanted to convert it either to cash or Brady, which I did. And then I felt good about it because his stuff dipped significantly, you know, during the season for that four to six week stretch where they struggled, you know. Um, but it didn't waver my confidence in Mahomes long term. So I was still sitting on a good amount of his stuff. He just had to go through, you know, he had to mature a little bit, right? I mean, you know, teams are playing them differently. Teams are playing them too deep coverage all the time. They weren't going to let him, you know, take the top off with Tyree Kill every time. And he wasn't used, the Chiefs offense wasn't used to not scoring in four to five plays, right? So you could tell that they, you know, he was strong picks, you know, that you could tell they were a mess, right? When he actually, whatever they did, you know, to get him to, hey, listen, taking four to five yards on first down is okay, right? Isn't that what Tom Brady's done his entire career, right? You don't need to get 20, 30-yard chunk plays in every drive, right? So once the Chiefs are able to start sustaining these 10, 12-play drives and peel off eight minutes off the clock, it also helped their defense out a little bit, right? Everybody talked about how shitty the Chiefs' defense was, right? Well, you know, when you're on the field a lot because your offense scores so quick, it's not easy, right? I mean, look at, look at those two defenses down the stretch of the Chiefs-Bills game, Right. You know, those are two top 10 defenses. The Bills had the number one defense, right? But they were spent. Gassed. They had no <laughs> shot. No shot whatsoever. So as much as people want to say schematics and stuff like that, and I get that, you know, I follow Lewis Riddick on Twitter, who I think is a great football mind, especially defensively. He talked about mm -hmm. the fact that the schemes that ended that game were terrible, and I get that. But, you know, the fatigue was also crazy, right? But, um, you know, if you're sitting on the home stuff right now, you kind of have an interesting decision to make. I'm not really looking to move anything going into the game this weekend because I'm I'm confident they're going to pull it off. If they don't, they don't. Probably a mistake, but I'll live with it because I do like him long term. Um, but I had a couple people reach out to me because we got a show this weekend, a local show, and saying, "Hey, you bringing my home stuff? I'm interested." I'm like, "I'm not sure what I'm bringing yet. If I'm if I'm bringing stuff, it's not going to be a ton because it's like, all right, so you got to make the determination right now. Are you a short term 
profit gainer or you're a long-term player, right? So it, it's pretty much decision time on Mahomes right now, right? Because if he makes the Super Bowl, you know, and he's favored to win, are you going to sell before and, and be safe? Or are you going to wait and hold and see what happens? So I'm a big hedge your bet guy, right? So, you know, if I'm sitting on 20 Mahomes cards that I have left, which is probably pretty close to accurate, you know, if he wins and makes the Super Bowl, I'll probably get rid of five to seven of them, you know, and then sit in the rest. I'm going to, I got like four or five that are really nice, like prisms and optic color number. I'm going to sit on for a while. Um, but you got to decide what kind of play you are in the game. And we've, we've talked about that a lot. You know, are you a short-term take my money and run? Or are you going to be long-term? Hey, I believe in this guy. I'm going to go for the big game and try to hit the home run later on down the road. So a lot of that depends on where you are financially and what you're trying to do with the hobby and your investments and, you know, your collection and things like that. But um, it's definitely going to be an interesting decision for people. So I'm a, I'm a big bet hedger. So, you know, I would say whatever homes you got, you know, after he takes care of business against the Bengals, which I think he will, I might sell a couple, you know, and we'll, we'll see what happens on the other side. So, but with that being said, it's gonna be, no matter who he plays, they should be favored over the Rams or the Niners. So then you're like, well, I mean, shit, he should win the Super Bowl. So now what should I do? So can't tell you what to do, but I'm a big believer in hedging your bet a little bit. So, um, you know, uh, there's obviously the, uh, Mahomes cards you see on Instagram that are outside of uh, 99% of people's means. But then there's the, you know, the rookie stuff, which is expensive, shiny rookie stuff, which is expensive, but not, not out of the range for, for some serious collectors. Are you seeing uh, traction with some like year two, year three stuff, like shiny stuff? Like, is there any like segment of the Mahomes market that um, might be an interesting play to people who aren't looking at it or thinking about? Yeah, so I've always been a big believer in his second and third year numbered shiny stuff. So like second year prism numbered stuff. So I'm sitting on a, um, a scope card of his 2018 prism. You know, because you look at, so I, I just, you know, just like I compared the Brady market to the Jordan market when figuring out what I wanted to get for Brady and invest in long term. You look at like what Brady's second and third year shiny stuff is, is doing right now. It's absurd. Right? Like that stuff has seen insane gains, you know, um, we talked about the 2002 Top Scone Black Refractor, his 2002 Finest um, Refractor PSA 10, you know, last two or three comps are on 18K. That was like, you know, a $500 card, you know, so um, his 2004 Top Scone Black Refractor, number to 100, you know, PSA 8 doing like, you know, 8 to 10K, like that early shiny stuff is gone through the roof. So it's like, okay, so if you think Mahomes has a chance to be a top three quarterback of all time, Right. You know, why not try to get him some of that stuff cheaper just forget you own it, right? Because you would think, you know, a similar trajectory down the road. Like you look at Jordan inserts, right? I talk about this all the time. You know, all the crazy expensive Jordan inserts right now, they weren't crazy expensive 10 years ago, right? You could get that stuff, you know, super cheap and look what it's done. Eventually, if, if you believe in this guy long-term, I think that's a great spot to target and just, you know, buy this stuff on the cheap and forget you own it. And hopefully it has a Brady-like trajectory down the road. A lot of good nuggets in there. Um, are you, you mentioned the local show. Are you, is there, do you have any shows you're setting up at in the first part of 2022? Anything you want to plug there? Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the dead mass show, I always set up at local show. Um, and I'm going to the Chicago sports spectacular in March, uh, March 18th through the 20th. Um, I'll be set up with, um, Ryan, RBI crew, uh, Mike, MC sports guards, all those guys that got a great group of guys there. Um, I'm super pumped for that show because, I was supposed to set up at it in November, but I got extremely sick and I had to not even not COVID just insanely sick. I don't know what the hell I had, but I had to cancel. And if I'm canceling a show like that, you know, I'm, I'm fucking sick, right? <laughs> so like, um, that was brutal. And I, I really, I love Chicago. I love going to shows out there. I love seeing everybody out there. I know a lot of collectors and, and, and guys from that area 
who I was planning on meet up with who I couldn't because I was sick. So um, I'm really pumped up. I would have to be dead to not go to Marsh. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very fired up for that show. So it should be a great show. So make sure if you're out there, stop by the captain's table. He's got some Mannings, some Mahomes, some Brady, and sprinkled in some other stuff in there. Gotta get your Super Bowl. I, I want, I want to, I want to, I want like detail of the two games this weekend. Super Bowl. Who's winning the Super Bowl? And then give me your Super Bowl MVP. So, you know, on the AFC side, I just, I, I can't see the Chiefs losing this game. You know, that's with all due respect to Burrow. I love Burrow. That Chiefs offense is loaded with, you know, they have, they're loaded with weapons in the same way the Chiefs are. I think you could actually make an argument that the Bengals have better offensive weapons than the Chiefs do in terms of depth across the board. I mean, I'll take Jamar Chase, Higgins, and Tyler Boyd over Hill, Pringle, and McCall Hardman. You know, I know Hill's a, a, a freak weapon in itself, but you can make, I mean, I'll take Joe Mixon over any of the Chiefs running backs. I mean, obviously take Mahomes over Burrow, right? But I mean, you know, I think that the Bengals match offensively, you know, on paper, similar weapons, you know, and similar firepower. I think it's going to boil down to experience. Mahomes obviously been there. It's his fourth straight year. And when push comes to shove, being in KC is a huge advantage for KC. So I, I just, I see KC walking away with that one. Um, 31-27 KC over the Bengals and that. So I would take the Bengals with the points in that game. On the other side, man, it would just be so devastating for the Rams and Stafford if, after beating Brady, they lost. And I, I kind of like the Niners. I really oh. But a team's got your number. A team's got you. And listen, it, it, the Rams have the Bucs number. Brady cannot beat the Rams on the Bucs. The Bucs can't beat them, right? Which is why I took the Rams last week. I, I, I would take the Niners. I mean, I, you know, be pretty, pretty cool little Super Bowl rematch between Jimmy G and Mahomes when Jimmy had him beat up 10 in the fourth quarter and they blew it, you know, and let's see if Kyle Shanahan can actually learn how to hold a lead in, in a marquee playoff game, you know, but I think the Niners match up extremely well. The one thing I'll say, you know, the disclaimer is if Debo Samuel doesn't play, the Niners got no shot in that game. They need Debo. You know, he is that that offensive X factor, like Tyree Kill is for the Chiefs. That's what Debo is to the Niners. So, um, and Shanahan does such a great job using him creatively and getting him in space and, you know, get him some runs and stuff like that. So, um, and the night, there's something to be said about familiarity, right? That those teams know each other very, very well. I'll be curious to see what tricks uh, McVay has up his sleeve. I can definitely see a couple of Beckham passes or some crazy reverse bullshit. You know, you know, he's got stuff in the holster. He's a great offensive mind as well. So, um, but if I had to put money on it, I like the Niners. I really do. I'd be taking the Niners money line. You know, I did seven straight against the Rams. I mean, they just, you want to talk about how, how confident they must be. And I, the other thing too is, you know, something to be said about not having to travel for the Niners, right? I mean, they basically turned that game into a Niners home game end of the season, right? So, I mean, if you're the Niners, you were rooting for the Rams hard, but you don't want to travel across the country to Tampa to take on the GOAT, right? So I think things have lined up very well for the Niners um, in the NFC. So kind of like a Chiefs-Niners rematch in the Super Bowl. And I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here that you like uh, the Chiefs and you like uh, Mahomes for, for I do. The, with the Super Bowl MVP. I do. I do. Because it just, you know, anything, Super MVP is always goes to the quarterback, right? Yeah. Like, I look at the Brady year where James White had, like, close to 200 yards and two TDs. It was the Falcons Super Bowl, right? And he didn't get it. Brady got the quarterback always gets it, right? So, if Tyreek Hill hasn't marched the game, it means Mahomes haven't marched the game. I'm always going to give it to, to the quarterback. So, I'm going Chiefs. I'm going Mahomes MVP. And, man. The haters are going to be pissed. That's for sure. <laughs> they are. They are. Uh, Kevin, thanks for 
being on, man. I could talk football with you forever. Lots of good stuff in there. Can't wait to bring you back on and talk some more. Thanks, man. We battled through the internet issues, but we got it done. So always a pleasure, brother. Take it easy. The captain, 37 stacking slabs, one internet, zero. <laughs> Kevin is one of my favorite dudes in the hobby to talk to. Always insightful, passionate dealer, collector, all things football. Make sure if you see him at a show, stop by his table and check out his stuff. And don't forget about that giveaway. If you're interested in participating, to win a box of Panini Mosaic, courtesy of my friends at Panini Basketball. Post your favorite basketball card, Panini Basketball card. Post it on Instagram, at Stacking Slabs, at Panini America, hashtag SSP giveaway. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back next week with more Stacking Slabs podcast. Peace. Peace.